0: to Mark the first chapter. Glory oh. to you, Lord. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him we and were know baptized by him the River Jordan, confessing I their sins. Up, now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist. And he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie the bond of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee to be baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him, and a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, the Lord. You may be seated. Do I have any other people that want to come up? and mercy are yours from the Triune God. <clears throat> Amen. It's a new day. It's a new year. And it's a new world. Each church season brings a basic theme. If I'm bold enough to suggest it, be call it a theme. Advent means coming and we wait for the coming of Christ, both in the stable and we wait for Christ to return again. Lent comes from the word that means lengthen. And it's it's 40 days connected to the 40 days that Jesus spent in the wilderness, where Jesus spends time in prayer and fasting. So Lent is seen the same for us time for prayer and fasting as we watch Jesus and his trip to the cross. But right now, we are in and will be in the season of Epiphany for about six weeks before jumping into Lent. And these weeks will be important as we enter a very reflective season to come. In fact, I like to say that we hold on to this time to help us get through the season of Lent. The season of Epiphany is a time with a distinct purpose of sharing the truth of who Jesus is, not just a Jewish man brought to save the Jewish people, but he has come for the world, believers and non-believers, Jews and Gentiles. in Mark and the other Gospels this week. First, let me remind us that we tend to blend our Gospel stories together. We put angels and shepherds and wise men at the manger on Christmas morning when the truth is, it's not how Matthew and Luke tell their stories. Today's story is the same, at least for me. Caught my eyes in, in ways I hadn't noticed before this week. Here's where, what here is what my head was going to read for the umpteenth time this week. Remembering that it's Epiphany when we have our own little Epiphanies as our eyes are opened to who Jesus really is. I noticed something. I realize that in all of the Gospels that describe the baptism as a scene that we look into, Gospel of John isn't done the same way. It's more John saying his experience. It says, and just as as he was coming out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved, with you I am well pleased. All of that is fine and it's great. But how is how is it that particular story was experienced by one, Jesus, and just him alone? And we have no The, like, oh excuse me for saying it this way, a theater performance, where 400 people get to witness it and then they leave the space and they tell everybody else and everybody else tells everybody else and on and on it goes. I've also struggled with the end of the Gospel of Mark where the, we hear the resurrection of Christ and the women leave the tomb saying nothing to any, anyone. And I'm like, then how do we know today? I end up having this whole little disease where I laugh at myself and think, God, you should have asked my opinion before you did all of this, because I've got some really good ideas for you. But like, so many of the past, are reminded that faith is bigger than what we see with our own eyes. Because how does a person begin to grasp what it looks like to be the Son of God? How do we even understand that? Would we see Christ in our midst and push him away like he's just some random guy? I'm guessing the answer is yes. So you've probably heard this before, but you're going to hear it again, probably 50,000 more times while I'm here. But 20 years ago, I was invited to participate in a Bible study at a friend's church. It's a denomination very different from how I'm used to looking at and interpreting the Bible. As we work through the Gospel of Luke in that setting, as we cover the story Of the thousands of people, the leader of this Bible study asked the question, whom in the room would have been there that day? And here, this sad Lutheran was the only one who didn't raise hands, and they gasped that I didn't. And I went on to explain the reason is not that simple. encounter Jesus so many years ago? Of course, absolutely.
1: But would I just
0: necessarily drop everything to go see a guy that people are just talking about?
1: Am I just willing to take a
0: day off of work without pay, mind you, and travel a significant distance by foot To listen to someone just because he draws large crowds. And and hear that sometimes he heals people. We have that in our country even now. That doesn't mean I'm gonna drop everything and go. Granted it's not Jesus, but. Is me encountering the physical Jesus, Jesus what I need to have? Part of it is beyond our control. First, I believe we encounter Jesus every day. But we're unable to acknowledge what is happening around us. We hear a person encouraging another person. Or someone buying another person a cup of coffee and then saying, You know what? Pay it forward. Don't pay it back. Do another good thing for another person. We see a person walking with another who is struggling to get back on their feet.
1: We say yes to someone
0: struggling when others are making us feel it is the wrong thing to be doing. Like maybe you shouldn't help them, they might be taking advantage of you. We explain it all away as it's just the right thing to do and not recognizing the work in and through us, the work that is being done by God. Because Jesus is the heart of all the love we share. And while we pat ourselves on the back, or we pat others on the back, God continues to work on the side in ways that is not necessarily seen by thousands, but only experienced by those who are there at the time. Second, faith is not ours to work for, but is a gift given to us. Luther reminds us in his explanation of the third article of the creed. And again, by the time I leave this church, 300 years from now, you guys are in hell. I believe that I cannot, by my own reasoning or strength, believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the the gospel, enlightened me with her gifts, sanctified and kept me in the one true faith. In the same way, she calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth, and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. The Holy Spirit is really busy. Through the Holy Spirit, our eyes are opened as we read scriptures. But even more, we get this inspiration or insight every time we encounter Jesus beyond these words that we read in the Bible when we see loving acts being done to and by our neighbors. The truth is, no one needs to see the heavens torn or the dove descending. No one needs to hear the voice of God to know the truth of the Son. than we can even begin to understand. Because I don't understand why a Savior born in a stable or salvation is found in a body on the cross. I don't understand really how grace works or how God is able to forgive over and over and over again. And with my sins over and over and over again. love looks and feels like. I have been loved, and I have loved others. I know what it is to step away from my wants and my needs to help another person, not because I have extra money to earn, or I have all this extra time to, to waste on somebody else, I know the heaven's being torn and the Holy Spirit descending upon Jesus and that God speaks. And while I don't understand it, I don't have to in order for it to happen. We hear these stories and believe because of who God is.
1: We feel the power of
0: God through creation and water. We taste the compassion of God in bread and wine. We experience God every time we are loved and every time we love another. We know God deep in our being, even if we never see God face to face. God does everything to come to you. God tears open the heavens. And descends upon you as well. God whispers your name and calls you beloved. God puts everything on the line, including God's son on the cross, so that you see how beloved you really are. And God does it because that is who God is. And honestly, in my opinion, mm-hmm my suggestions to God really don't matter. Thanks be to God.